Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes have arrived at the Isle of Dread in the elemental plane of water. They've discovered a town on the beach, a thriving community, half of indigenous turtles and half of a variety of other origins who've all been shipwrecked there. They learn that the storms and the creatures in the water aren't the only dangers, but an ill-tempered topaz dragon lives on the other side of the island and plunders most of the ships that are sucked into this new plane. As we rejoin our game already in progress, the team is being led to meet the welcoming committee on the island and hopefully find out some more details on what's going on. Anyway, Yogg has led you all at this point. You've Those of you who wanted to change have had a chance to change. He has led you on a winding path through this eclectic but quaint village. People seem friendly, curious. A couple people are wary. You are ostentatiously dressed and have a giant battle bear. So you're kind of used to the mixture of looks that you get when you enter a new location. And eventually they bring you to one of the more roundish yurt-like huts. Take you on inside and you find a, a very kind of homey space. Hardwood floors, big windows. It's just one big room with a bunch of what would be bookshelves, except that they're made, they are bookshelves, but they're made out of what looks like driftwood, some trees nearby, rocks, shells. It's a hodgepodge of stuff that has been used, but very expertly assembled to make bookshelves that kind of line half this round room, the other half with windows and the door that you entered, and a bunch of what looks like just very large pillows on the floor, almost like not quite beanbag chairs, but that style of just a very large, comfy pillow, all in a variety of, of colors and styles and patterns. Once again, it, it kind of has a very... It's half hodgepodge and half homey and comfortable. And the bookshelves are lined with books, all handmade, all rough hewn, all very obviously hand stitched and not necessarily by an expert. You can see a little roughness around the edges. A couple of the, the older volumes on the right hand, on the left hand side seem to be Maybe the spine isn't quite on correctly, and some of them have been bound with some hempen rope in order to hold them all together. But Travancore, you notice, all of you notice that the spines have a variety of titles on them in a variety of languages. Travancore, you're the one that notices because you speak the most languages, how most of them seem to be years and volume numbers. They're not the current year that you are familiar with. They're not in a calendar number that you are familiar with. And while you can tell because you can read the most of these spines, this seems to be a month-year progression. None of the months are recognizable to you. None of the years are recognizable to you. 
And inside, there is another turtle who is seated on one of these giant pillows, feet retracted into their shell as they're kind of reclined against um, one of these bookshelves with another pillow behind them. And they've got a book in their hand and a quill. And they look up, a little pair of, of spectacles perched on their nose, smile up at Yogg and says, Oh, hello, do we have new visitors? I, I Welcome, and I am sorry. Uh, hold on a moment. Let me, let me, uh, please uh, enjoy a seat somewhere. I'll be with you in a moment. And this turtle's legs extend out of her shell and she closes the book and stashes the quill in what you think might be like a holster on her side. It's almost like she's putting away a sword, except it's this little quill with this nice feather, this white feather that comes out. She just stashes it, it, it there. Yeah, it's for quick draw. Exactly. Super quick drawing. Quick drawing. I know, right? With the quill. She closes the book that she was currently working on and puts it in the shelf behind her, stands up slowly, but with a surety. And then as uh, you are all basically motioned to pillows to take a seat on, she trundles over to the rightmost bookshelf where you can see there are there's actually blank spaces. It's like the last two or three rungs of this bookshelf are empty. And you notice now next to this bookshelf, there's another one that seems to be in the process of being built. And she grabs the furthest most book on it, comes on over, sits back down in her pillow chair. Yogg says, oh, I'll leave you. Uh, so this is Baka. She's the welcoming committee. She'll take care of everything. If you are looking for me or if you need any questions or anything else once you're done with her, I'm usually out fishing during the day. I just, I like to catch the sunfish when they're out. It was nice to meet you all. I'd like to see your boat at some point. Eddie waves and travels Hi, off. Take care, Yogg. Thanks so much. Oh, my pleasure. And he wanders away. And Baka looks up at this and says, Oh, your boat? Did, did you, were you able to salvage some of your ship? Yes. Interesting. Okay, then. It all fits in a box about yay big. And I make like hand gestures about how big the box is. But not telling her it's a folding boat. Just like, yeah, it fits in a box about yay big. <laughs> her face falls and she kind of gives you a sad smile and it's very obvious to all of you that what she understands from this is you've recovered the pieces of your boat and the boat was destroyed oh well was it a large let me do this in order i've got a i've got a whole system here i'm kind of it's been a while and you caught me off guard but i'll see what i can do so i'm baka i'm the welcoming committee i can answer all of the questions that you have and uh, what we like to do is not only uh, give you a chance to ask questions and get all the information that we can we can offer and get you set up somewhere, but also we like to take down any information that you can give about you know who was on your boat and uh, where you were coming from and to and the name of your vessel and all all that information. So let me start with that. What was the name of your vessel and who was the captain? Do you need? All of our names are just the captain. Well, I was going to ask all of your names, too, but usually we... I guess I was the captain? Yeah, that's right, Captain. Yeah, it was. Carlton. Sure. Yeah, Captain Carlton. Captain Captain Carlton. That's spelled with a Q. I was just about to ask. Thank you, Q. Okay. And I get that a lot. All right. And what was the name of your vessel? 
The Defiant. The Defiant, yes. Defiant. That's a nice name. I like that name. And what was the compliment? Jonathan would know what that means. <laughs> yes, Jonathan. Uh, five plus... So, the four of us, plus the bear, plus the owl, and I and Bucks, as he's introduced, nods. He goes... Hmm. Oh, so you all survived. Oh, that's that's excellent news. Okay. Oh, so a we smaller vessel. We tend to vessel. do that. All right. That's good. I'm Sadly, most of the vessels that get brought here don't, not everyone survives. So I'm, I'm glad that everybody is okay. Uh, okay. So we have Captain Carlton and uh, she looks at Travancore and she kind of is going to go down the line and get everybody's names. Do you give your names? Yeah. I give oh, yeah. my real name. Okay. Would you like... Do you need my holy name, or would you like my given name? Whichever you would prefer. Oh. Well, you can put down for my holy name, my name is Bernice Q. Barnes, but if you need my given name, it's Ioni Oliva Olefi Janet Kenborough Scott. Okay. We we take it in case someone is looking for information on somebody. There, there's so many shipwrecks that happen. It's good to be able to keep a record. And while it's very rare that we're able to to match people up, it's it's good to have that kind of of information. All right. She just looks around. She goes, "You never asked." <laughs> Jonathan is just like, <laughs> "Hi, Ioni." No, no, no. That's not for you. And she, oh and wow she, okay she says, this is for government records and she says what else do you need to know is there any specific items on your ship that were important that were that you were traveling with that, that, that would be useful to have a record of in case somebody came looking no uh, i don't think we lost any of our items we did no, no we didn't okay good uh, jonathan no. and you can put in quotes the magimuscular Shipwright. Since we're... Sh- yeah. Mm. Gover- as as uh, Bernie said, oh, government record. I guess, if if asked for the proper title, uh, Travancore the Sterling, Ambassador General of Perconum. Oh, Ambassador General. Oh, okay. I can see why you were traveling very quickly. Okay. And, yeah. Is there anything else that you think would be important for the records if somebody came looking for you? Buxton Bertram Bellwether. That's actually... So you keep records of people and things that have come through, it seems. Yeah. The So, and she closes the book gently and puts it to the side and folds her hands in her lap, kind of the way a teach, a very kindly teacher who is about to go into a lecture that she's had to give 20 million times does. Like a very comfortable position says, um, so this is uh, the town of Elderwood and most of the people who live here are either some of the, the native turtles who've uh, lived here on this island for millennia or are the people who have unfortunately been shipwrecked usually due to the storms that happen uh, on the edge of the Sword Coast. Uh, we do get some people from Corth. There's been a couple of other times that people have come from other places, but they do tend to mostly be from the Sword Coast. There's a couple of known locations that have some storms. And so the trip is rough, as you know, and uh, we do have, unfortunately, on this island, we do have a very predatory dragon who likes to plunder whatever he can get his claws on, and also uh, people, although he's mostly interested in goods. And long before I was the person in charge, um, and she starts to count bookshelves, and she says, as she's going, she's like, oh, 100, 200, 300. 
uh, about uh, 1,500 years ago, uh, the, the, the first community decided that it would be a good idea to keep records in order to uh, have some living memory of the people who ended up here. Because while most of the people who end up here, they can don't really are not able to leave unfortunately uh, or we've not found a way to send people back to where they came from but just in case someone comes looking it's it's been rare but it has happened and occasionally we've had people come looking for other people and it just it helps to bring the community together to know that we may all come from different places and locations but we're we're all here to work together and then I'm I've been appointed the welcoming committee for the last oh, 43 years now and so that's what I've been doing. You said there's you keep records of who wants to go back? Well, I don't keep those records. I keep the records in case there is somebody who comes looking for information. Most of the the people and and items here are lost and usually lost people are have others that are looking to find them i'll tell bon jonathan i'll be like maybe she's the one you should tell about your your uh transplant idea oh yo and jonathan's like yeah i'm just waiting waiting for her to get done with her spiel ah being polite anyway we have a lovely community here uh, it's mostly seaside the rent here is very cheap uh, I'm just kidding. It's it's. Well, we can set you up in temporary quarters until you def- decide what you want to do. It's a pretty egalitarian community, and with the exception of the dragon, as long as you don't go too deep into the forest without a little bit of protection, it's mostly safe. Uh, same thing with out into the coast. Once you get past the major reef, that's where most of the the big stuff is, and then. Every 100 to 200 years, we get a kraken, but uh, that just happened here. Oh, I was a youngin' when that happened, so it must have been within the last 45 years, so there shouldn't be another kraken for a while. Oh, that's crack-a-lackin'. Anyway. Oh, Baca. that's good. I like yeah. that one. I'll have to remember that one. Ah. Um, so, Baka, the reason why we're here, and it's fortuitous that we have run into you, because we're actually looking for an item. If it's here, I'm glad to hear that. I'm I'm sorry that you're now stuck here after finding the thing, but uh, yes, I, if if I can help you find what happened to it, I'm more than happy to. Sure, we're looking for a harp, a very very nice harp. Uh, it's called. It's one of the instruments of the bard, and it is the. Uh, let me now. I have to look back and see the Olam harp. The Olam yeah. harp. Yeah. And as you say that, her eyes light up, and I'm going to roll. And because you gave her all that information, I'm going to have her roll with advantage. Oh, yes, that came in a couple hundred years ago, I think. Uh, Hold on just a moment. She stands up, creaking a little bit, turns around, and you watch her from the end count down bookshelves and then start to scan And then she pulls out two different books and uh, sits back down on the pillow and is starting to flip through one of the two rapidly and says, I do remember that. Usually uh, very interesting items like that. Uh, 
I like to peruse the stacks in my spare time when I have a moment because there's all kinds of interesting stories from before I was in charge and oh, for things sure. like that. They kind of, yeah, they, they'd set fire to the imagination of, oh, what kind of ship came in that had some kind of legendary instrument and what it must have been like. Oh, yeah, here we go. And she pulls a specific page open and she says, yeah, this was, oh, this was a about 327 years ago, this was a ship called the Picardy's Third that came on in. A very large galleon, it looks like. Oh, a lot of people were were taken by this. Oh. And she scans a little bit and she says, yeah, here we go. Um, so the, the surviving crew mentioned that they were transporting... Yeah, it looked like they were transporting an entire orchestra for a festival that was happening. And one of the the precious instruments that they had was uh, yeah, an olam harp. It's listed right here. And she kind of holds open the book. Travancore, what, what languages do you speak again? Uh, celestial, common, draconic, and druid, and elvish, and giant, and goblin, and sylvan, and <laughs> undercom. It's, it. in, it's in sylvan. Does anybody okay. else speak Sylvan? No. <laughs> no. The, this great, this specific great. entry is listed in Sylvan, but you do very clearly see it says Olam Harp. And it lists a bunch of other stuff. It lists a, an entire complement of musical instruments and music and um, a whole crew of people. And it looked like this was a very large ship. Only about seven made it to shore. The ship was completely destroyed. From what you can see really quick, Travancore, as you're kind of scanning through, the Olam Harp seems to be the only thing of note. While all of the other stuff is listed, it's listed in a very cursory, you know, other musical instruments, variety of music, uh, that kind of thing, but the Olam Harp is in kind of big bold block letters at the top of items of note on this page. And hmm. Baka, after she shows it to you, she holds open the book again and kind of looks at it herself and says, we might have some, there's no surviving crew. It doesn't look like there are any of the more long-lived people who were on that ship, but well, it looks like most of these people, I think they decided to stay, so maybe some of their descendants are still here, and you can ask. Uh, yeah, it does look like the dragon did, did very short work of this one, so it's very possible that that's one of the things that he plundered. That's what I was afraid of. Yeah, unfortunately, that's... Uh, I guess we're lucky that he is more interested in the things than in the people and is not so bloodthirsty like other dragons that I've heard about to actively go after people. Uh, it seems like as long as you stay out of his way, he stays out of yours. But the few times in where there's been something that he really, really wants, you have to move quick. And so if right. the storm and the trip doesn't get you, uh, Silra Girlith gets you then, and it's sad. So the... The harp is not. Nobody knows where the harp is. It's just a. From what you from what you can tell from the records, it's assumed that the dragon took the harp, right? Yeah, there is no record of any of the people who survived having it. They just let us know that it was something on the ship, and so either when the the ship was was destroyed out in the ocean, it's somewhere at the bottom. If there isn't. A bottom. 
No one's ever been able to tell me if there is a bottom here. Some people say yes and some people say no. Uh, or the dragon has it. Carlton, you got pretty far. I mean... You did not I see can... a bottom. No. I mean, also, we started further than I swam. And when you appeared, none of you saw a bottom. Baka closes the book and says, If it managed to survive the trip, which a lot of really fine magical items do... If it sank into the ocean, that's going to be very hard to find. Right. It would not surprise me if the dragon has it, though. Uh, he basically just looks out for scuttled ships, and that's what he's been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years, is just picking over the stuff that comes from the other plane. Well, I think what we'll want to do, Baka, is we'll want to, just to make sure we cover our bases, we would love a list of the descendants of the survivors, just to make sure that it's not something that they managed to hide away or whatever. And we can we can ask, and maybe they have more information to kind of, you know, stories that have been handed down about what may have specifically happened, just, just, to, just to kind of cover our bases. But you're right, it's probably a safe assumption that the dragon has it Uh, which complicates things but i can definitely get you yeah that list of names i only have the list of the 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 seven who survived the initial crash and so you may have to ask around a bit to see that that was a couple generations ago as i said uh i don't recognize any of these names so these aren't people that are currently living here in in the the community but you're more than welcome to ask around We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams in a single grand adventure. And it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Silver and Steel, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on October 11th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. B-U-R-G-B-O-U-T-L-O-W-P So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got for your champions. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. Appreciate it. That kind of brings us to the other part of what I wanted to talk to you about. As I mentioned, I have a way back that will... Oh, you do? Yes, I am a wizard of some skill and power. And although I am exhausted today, Jonathan the Magimuscular is very tired. But tomorrow, once I have uh, recharged, as it were, I will have the ability to return to the material plane. Oh. And that's how we plan on getting back. So basically, on this first trip back, I can take three more people. And if there are more people who want to go back, uh, I'm willing to to take anyone to return and spend a night here and then take anyone back who would like to go back. Well, that's a very generous offer. Uh, most of the people that have been here, except for the most 
The most recent shipwreck was still many, many months ago, but you know, some of those people might be interested. A lot of the other people have made a life here, but I'm sure there's probably some people who would like to go on home. Or at least I know of one thing that you could do without uh, any difficulty. And she gets back up and she goes to the very first bookshelf, to the very, very first book. And pulls it down and opens it up. And on the inside is a a folded up letter, weathered and old and yellowed with age. And she puts the book back and she holds it out to you and says, I know you said you're not looking to return anytime soon. And that's okay. But before something happens or I forget or in case there's an emergency or whatever here, take this. And she hands you the letter. And it is sealed, but it's so ancient. And the wax on the seal, like, you think you could just gently pop it and it would just come right open. She says, that's a accounting of the first people who created this town and information on how to get here if you know how to do... And she kind of cocks her head as though she's looking for the right words. The right arcane symbol? That's instructions for how to get here if you're powerful enough. Oh. It's got, like, specific directions. Hmm. Okay. I happen to represent a guild of wizards in, or I should say arcane spellcasters in Waterdeep. So this will be... Very valuable. Thank you. Uh, do, do we have, and uh, like Bernie, Carlton, Travacore, do we mm-hmm. have an Everfresh box still? We do. Hold on. And even though Carlton knows he can just say Everfresh box and it comes up immediately, he always likes pretending like he's digging in the bottomless <laughs> pit for the things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie like, leans Ever- over Carlton's hands and goes, Everfresh box. Because it's oh, hard, technically. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You All can right. put a heart in it. I'm going to. Yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, there's a heart in it, isn't there? No, we buried anymore. that heart under a tree. Oh, yeah. Right. So Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to, like, very gently place the letter into the Everfresh box, close it up, and... All right, all right. Oh, you're it... not going to look at it? Um, I didn't... I mean, you have a keen mind. It's true. I just didn't want to damage it. All right. Sure, I'll... Uh, well, it's, I... it's totally up to you. I was just told that if there was any, ever anybody who could bring this back to some place, you know, who could return to give that to them, and it was supposed to have all the information to be able to help with teleportation back and forth. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. What I'll do then is and I will... You can also scribe it down I as was, you're exactly, reading it. Exactly. I've got a note section in my spell book that I can uh, put it in, and, you know, and... Uh, in addition to keeping it inside the old think muscle here. So, yeah. So, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to very gently... Uh, he's going to put it down on, on a nearby table. Like, steady. There is not a nearby table. But if you look around for a nearby table, what Baka will do is uh, gently pull away one of the pillows and reveal a pristine hardwood floor. Okay. He's going to set the thing down and, like, Travancore... Uh, you're you're very dexterous. Could you very gently open that letter as to not destroy it? Travancore will do his level best to open it without destroying it. Okay, I would love a dexterity check. It's not really a saving throw. 
Let's see, dexterity check. All right, this should not go too badly. I'll say it is not like going to crumple in your hands. Ooh, 18. Excellent. Yeah. The wax seal on it, it takes just the slightest little bit of pressure and that last little bit that's been holding on for eons pops. You fold one side back, you fold the other side back. You kind of hold the four corners for Jonathan. And it's written in Draconic, which I know Jonathan, I think the both of you. We both do yeah. Draconic. Okay. It's written in Draconic. It is a very simple, it's not even a letter as much as it is directions into the volcano to find the teleportation circle. And then Jonathan, what Jonathan recognizes are the glyphs to the teleportation circle. So Jonathan, with this information, you could teleport to this teleportation circle. Even across planes? It's in the volcano on this island. And the bit at the bottom, so it's basically instructions for how to get to the volcano on this island. Inside is a teleportation circle. Here are the glyphs to the teleportation circle. And then at the bottom, it says, be wary of inhabitants. Because of the glyphs, you know that that's something you could teleport to. So if you ever came to this plane of existence and didn't make it to the island, you now have a way to... Right Bamp, the right there. Got it. Exactly. Still still very useful. Also, when you are plane shifting, because you know about this teleportation circle, you can choose to tele to plane shift directly to that circle because it is essentially a an address. Right. And, okay. And it's basically, it's going to do what a teleportation uh, circle does, except it's accepting a long distance call. Exactly. So okay. while before when you were examining everywhere and trying to imprint that into your memory so that when you plane shift back, you had a very good chance of arriving in town. If you use that teleportation circle as your hub, there would be no check. You would automatically succeed and arrive at the teleportation circle. Got it. All right. Well, Jonathan the Metromuscular kind of copies everything down and carefully memorizes the letter and says, well... This says beware of the inhabitants. What we might want to do if we want to facilitate uh, travel between uh, here and Waterdeep, we might actually want to clear out these inhabitants that uh, we need to be wary of. And that way it would make we would be people who want to come from the village to that teleportation circle have safer passage. But I, I say what we do. Jonathan the Metromuscular suggests that maybe we... Talk to the people that have descendants. See if we see if we can get a confirmation on what happened to the harp. And Detective Travancore will need you, and actually Bernie, and probably Carlton, to intimidate. We need in the nicest, and he points to to Travancore. The trickiest points to points to Bernie, or the meanest way to suss out if any of the descendants actually have the harp probably it's with the dragon but if we don't have to interact with the dragon that is great with jonathan the mad muscular we already are in deep with one dragon no need to get into any more than necessary <laughs> but okay i think this is an excellent plan but hear me out what if the dragon is just kind of a crotchety old man and he's a little lonely that's true that is very true. As uh, as Baka said, he doesn't appear to be 
bloodthirsty. We just, maybe if we clear out the teleportation circle, we will find unto us a treasure that could not only make our day, as it were, but also give us something we could potentially trade for the harp. Because we, we might have to make a, another deal with the dragon. And as Bernie, you've demonstrated a very excellent talent for negotiating with dragons, we, that's definitely something that we may have to do. Yeah. Yeah. This is all the Telbond, right? No. Uh-oh. Then Baka will just be interestingly interested in listening and says, Okay, well, if you have any questions about the dragon, you can ask around. There's definitely some other people who know more about them than I do. I've only seen them a couple of times, but... Eh. I, I don't tend to adventure too much. I, I I like to just be here with my books and listen to people's stories. I, I would rather listen to a good story than go out on my own and try to make one. Would you like to hear a story about our friend Carlton and an opal? Oh, I'm happy to hear any stories that you might want to give, but... Uh, this is purely off the record. I know you are a record keeper. This is off the record. Oh, well, if it's off the record, then you have to wait until after dark after I've had a little bit to drink. Because otherwise Great I'm going to be obligated to go ahead and put it in one of the books. We can arrange that. And she gives you kind of a, a knowing smile. I think this is an epic tale that uh, that needs to be recorded. That does bring up an interesting point. Is there a bar or a place where you could get libations? Oh, absolutely. There's uh, a couple different small little taverns. Um, we do have, uh, it's mostly kind of a fishing and hunting community. We've got uh, enough people to do all of the, the basics of life, but we've got a couple of, of fun things. We don't have a an inn, as you would think of it, because it's not like we get visitors. So we just have a couple of huts that we set aside for those unfortunate enough to get swept into our plane when it happens. So I was going to show you where that is. It's getting a little late. And she looks out, out one of the windows and you can see you still haven't seen a sun. There is no visible sun in the sky. It's just been this overcast sky with light. And it is starting to grow dark. You don't see a sunset. You don't see an orb descending. Uh, there is no visible place in where it is getting darker, where it is getting lighter. It's just getting dark outside. Fascinating. Yeah, we probably got another hour or so before it gets dark. And um, while it's pretty safe in the town, usually those who have come here, it's been a long day. So let me let me show you where you can bunk up until you, you get comfortable and find your own place. And she stands up and kind of stashes the books away and ushers you outside. All right. We, we follow and we, we gab while we, uh, while we go. Uh, we, we get Jonathan the Match Muscular once while, while we're walking. He's going to well, kind of... before you get too far... Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Because Jonathan the Match Muscular, as you head outside, there's a... I'm not going to say it's a crowd of people. But there are definitely, it's a small enough town, and this has happened enough, that there is now a gathering of folks who are waiting to see the newcomers. And while you are not mobbed or bothered, um, and it's all mostly friendly, curious faces, there is a good two, three dozen people hanging around, standing about, 
who then are obviously waiting to see as, as you come on out. And Baka kind of giggles a little bit and says, huh, they're always so interested in all of the, the new people who've come. Come on, don't. Yeah, all right, the show is over. Go, go, go on. You'll be able to meet them in time. It's fine. And she's starting to usher you up the street when Jonathan... I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I look forward to talking to all of you, Travancore says. Yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular is kind of hamming it up. He's got his, like, his mage hand cast, and he's waving at people. He's using that to wave, as well as waving with his other hands. And from the small crowd, Jonathan Shipwright? Wait, what? And from the crowd, a red-skinned tiefling woman in a long flowing dress and wide eyes steps forward, looking at you with this curious mixture of joy with a little bit of sadness, as most people who come here are usually not here on purpose. And Jonathan, that's very clearly a grown-up a Bex. I knew he had a type. We all knew. Yeah. Jonathan the Magic Muscular, like, he is frozen. And he's just like... It is uh, you, is it? I mean, you're... you're. Yes, yes, it's him. It's him. He's Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Yeah. This is definitely Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Yeah. But you said his name was Shipwright? Also, by birthright, uh, Shipwright. Yes, yes, Jonathan Shipwright. That is him. She approaches and looks you up and down as your friends are saying, the Magimuscular, the Magimuscular. She looks confused. But as soon as Carlton says, yes, Shipwright, she hugs you. Jonathan the Magimuscular is like, it's as if whole person has been cast on him. And he's just like, he doesn't immediately return the hug. He's still kind of processing. And he just kind of slowly takes her in. And he's... What? How? What? How? Huh? Like everyone else that ends up on this island. How do you think? I would imagine at this point she's kind of like put him at arm's length at the hug. And, you know, they're still kind of holding each other's arms. And she's like, but, but, oh my... And that is where we'll pause. <laughs> and the next time we get together, we'll continue this conversation between long lost friends. I have to say, how many years ago did you write me that little bit of backstory? <laughs> uh, I never ever okay. talked about it. And then like three weeks ago, you mentioned it offhand when we were talking about a type. And there was a moment where you said you were starting to tell that story like out of character. And I said, no, 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 no. I want you to go back and start this again in character. This is the reason why. Right. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. So the just just to pull back the curtain, because I I wrote this a while ago and then I, I knew who you were talking about, but I had forgotten her name. Mm-hmm. And I figured the description of a of a right. red tiefling would and so and the I, shipwright. As we were as we were uh, uh, doing this, that's what I was looking up. I'm like, what is her name? And according to the timestamp, the last edit was on June 12th of 2018. So that, but that I probably had sent it earlier. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You, I had that from before we started. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah here was, you are in the Isle of Dread. The Isle of Dread. Isle of long lost. 
tieflings that were let me tell you they they were assholes to her oh my god these stupid racist fucks in uh in uh care calendar let her tell us <laughs> oh yeah well oh. and she will tell you all next time next time but first let me give you some experience for <laughs> you know what for a wonderful role playing for a few dragon moments which was funny for the obvious joy at turtles which makes me happy every time someone else is excited about turtles as i am and for five years in the making of a story seed coming to fruition i'm gonna give you a total of eleven thousand experience to split between the four of you and i know last time you got enough experience to to level up but you haven't had the long rest yet and the next time we get together Abex has some stories to tell, and maybe you can catch up with her. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows LLC.